greater than x. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Xbox Drive episode 279. Of course, I'm not used to introing the show. This is usually Sean Capri's ball court. And of course, I'm like, oh, it's the RPG cave. So we'll just kind of mesh the two interests together. Of course, I am one of your hosts, the man on the moose, Ryan Turford. And I'm joined for the first time in a fortnight by the Supreme Court of Canada. Court Lalonde is here. How's it going, Court? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like this is a once a month thing now. It's uh, I've been on the show last month. I was on the show twice. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's becoming a re- I don't mind as uh, as I uh, as I say all the time, I, I, I play on every console. I don't care. You might care a little bit. Yeah. Everyone who plays on every console court usually has at least some preference of some kind. I, I will. You know what? We can get right into this. It's um, first party games, always whatever the console of choice. I usually wait to see what Digital Foundry says, or if a game has Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision support, PlayStation doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, Xbox does. Right. So that can sway me. If there's Dolby Atmos in the game, I'll nine times out of 10 play it on Xbox over my PlayStation. That makes sense. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at it. Cause like, I mean, for me, it's always like on a franchise by franchise basis, for example, if I'm playing, you know, a sequel or something like that, because I I will usually play the sequel to a game on whatever system I played it on. So, for example, with Dead Space, um, I played the original Dead Space on PS3. So when Dead Space Remake came out, I was like, all right, I'm going to play that on PlayStation 3, uh, PlayStation 5 then. you know, I'm actually kind of the same because I've played the whole series on there and I wanted the trophies to all line up. I'm like, nah, yeah. I got to play it there. Yeah. But I, I, Far Cry was one of the Far Cry 6. Um, because it had more bells and whistles on the Xbox version with regards to sound and visuals, I played it on the Xbox over the PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I know for the most part, you – Actually, play like even though you co-host a PlayStation podcast, you play a lot of stuff on Xbox. So I do. Well, I play whatever everything that's on Game Pass. If a game's coming to Game Pass, I'm going to play it on Xbox. Game comes to PlayStation Plus, vice versa. But yeah, I uh, I play my NHLs on Xbox. Last year, I played MLB The Show more on Xbox because uh, it didn't have this issue with the hair. I don't yeah. know. This is the thing. It's true. It's true. Well, anyways, let's get into the show proper. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you're watching the live stream right now over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming, or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, and then ding, 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 ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with a live stream like this one, or whenever we put up a new video, like a, a certain unboxing video for a certain headset that court just finished filming that is going to be uploading probably as soon as we're done podcasting today um also if you're listening on audio feeds don't forget to subscribe to us there if you haven't subscribed as well or rate us five stars on apple Podcasts or spotify if you're listening on those particular platforms and then last but not least if you want this show or some of our other shows a little bit early on the audio feed side or if you want exclusive content exclusive head on over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming for a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content, including a new episode of the Yumi Capri podcast, which uh, we actually recorded last week with Seth. Uh, and uh, it, it got a very it got very personal for the man on the moose during that episode. So uh, you'll want, definitely want to tune into that if you are on the Patreon. Well, without further ado, it is time to grab our eight tracks, pop them in. It is time for the playlist. And we got to talk about the games we played this week. So court. As the guest, I'll let you go first. What did you play this week, my friend? Uh, well, I uh, my daughter and I platinumed Peppa Pig. Of course you did. Um, I literally yesterday finished Hogwarts Legacy. Nice. Uh, absolutely 
love the living daylights out of that game uh and just happy to that i literally finished it the day before psvr and uh i played the mlb the show uh test i actually played it on the playstation and i played it on xbox to see if there was a difference between the two consoles there is absolutely no difference this way so far it's just a play test but uh that's what i've been playing Oh, nice. So t- for, first off, you know, we're not going to just. Oh, wrap and up the I just played Star Wars and PSVR. Like, so who are we kidding? first off, I have we haven't had anyone on this show talk about Hogwarts Legacy at all. So I want to hear from you. You said it's good. You said it's good. I, but loved I, want, it. I want you to loved elaborate it. a little bit. What 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 made it good? What, what did you like about it? How long did you take to finish it? Stuff like that. Uh, I think I was just over 35 to 40 hours. I'd have to double check. The PlayStation doesn't have as good as a, a clock, I find, as the Xbox to telling me how many hours I've played a game. Mm-hmm. I sometimes find a, a discrepancy, but and I know you've spoken about that before when you said we've showed uh, how long we played a game. Right. For me, um, I'm a big into the world of Harry Potter. Um, when I first met my wife, um, she is she reads all the books. She loves it. I had no clue what it was. She got me into it. We went to Universal. This was like 13 years ago. Um, and I really got into it and I really got into the world. I started reading the book. So for me, this was really cool to go through and see all the little Easter eggs and kind of live the world. I will admit that when the game got, uh, went on, some of the side quests ended up being samesy, kind of reminded me of what happened with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where I felt like I was doing the same side quest, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like there was nothing going on the world was very alive there was a lot to do and i didn't feel like the map was too big i find a lot of the times with open world games the map ends up being way too big and it takes forever to get anywhere and you've got so many collectibles to do they there is a ton of collectibles but they condense it into not that big of a map which i really appreciated so you're not wasting my time there's not a lot of times where you're flying over something there's nothing there i would say every couple miles on the map there is something to do um, the enemies are really cool, uh, as, as re- with regards to spells and how each enemy has their, um, different powers that'll take them down. You can also choose different paths if you want to, you know, do dark magic or not. If you don't like spiders and you had an issue with grounded, this is grounded times infinity with the spiders. Oh it's just God. way not. Oh man. It, it, uh, it took some getting used to, um, if this game ever comes to VR, I am not playing it just because of the spider issue. Uh, and I really like the story that they told. Nice. It was intriguing. It wasn't something that we would expected from the world, the wizarding world. Um, it was, it was good. Like it really was good. Like I, I didn't skip cutscenes anytime, even when I was doing side quest and I didn't want to start pushing myself to finish it until I realized the PSVR two was coming. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those where I was like, Oh my God, like I've got to finish this game. So I started grinding it the last couple of days. And when I did that, it kind of changed how I liked the game. I just liked the fact that I could go in and just play it whenever I wanted. And it was a game I could play with my daughter again. And as you know, that that's huge to me. Yeah. So for this, I would do the fights, but she could do the puzzles there's okay. a lot of puzzles to do in it. Um, and she could fly around on either like the hippogriff or if we had the mount or if we were on the broomstick, she could do all that. And then any stuff to do in Hogwarts. And I will say this as well. Hogwarts is like unbelievable walking around that if you're a big fan of the of the series itself. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also someone like you who I never really got into Harry Potter either. In fact, um, I 
never really read the books or watched any of the movies or anything like that. Because uh, if you remember when the, fir- the the first Harry Potter movies were coming out, it was also ca- around the same time Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. And I was like way more into Lord of the Rings than I ever was into something like Harry Potter. And, and that always translated over to games, too, because like I was really into the Lord of the Rings games from, you know, Return of the King to Battle for Middle Earth and all that stuff. Like I was really, really into Lord of the Rings video games. So I've just never really given the world of Harry Potter a try or anything like that. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people that Hogwarts Legacy actually sounds like um, the type of game that would be fun for people that maybe are into Harry Potter to get maybe get I, into it. So I would I would say so because the gameplay loop is is fun. Yeah, it's not like I said, the yes, you are pretty much fighting either humans, trolls or spiders. But okay. there is a wide variety of spiders. There's different types of trolls and there's different types of humans throughout the world. But because there's so many spells to work with, that's what makes it fun. And it's not like they give you a whole bunch of them at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They they drag you along. You could probably mainline this game and like you, Ryan, probably could finish this game in 24 hours. Yeah. 25, 25 hours. Yeah. Easy. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, because it, it sounds like the type of game that I kind of want to try, even though I don't like Harry Potter. So... Maybe I'll have to give it a try at some point. But I'm going gonna, gonna to bring in I Can't See from the chat who asked the question, how is the navigation in Hogwarts? Are there quest markers or is it like, you know, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising where it's very loose? How is the, how's the navigation? Like? You can choose your own here. You can actually put a quest marker and then it'll, it'll show you. And if you're on the ground, it'll give you the dots. Or it's almost like an Assassin's Creed where it's up there and you can see in the general direction where it is and you just go towards it. But yeah, the, it's you choose what you want to do with the quest marker. But as soon as you go up in the air, like on a hippogriff or um, the broom, the the dotted lines are gone. So you've got to go towards the little icon that's on the screen. Which makes sense. It would it would almost look kind of weird. There would be like the dotted line while you're flying in the sky. So that makes sense. Some games have done it. But I'll also say this. You have to pay attention to the conversations that you're having with characters because you cannot do side quests based on the conversation. So if you, if you, you'll get three separate ways to answer that question. You can make it so that side quest will never exist. Yeah. Also, I heard too, the the side quests are totally different depending on what house you pick as well. So I heard that plays into it a little bit too. Yes. I have to go back because you can't go to, um, uh, the prison. So, uh, Azkaban, unless you're Hufflepuff. Uh, and then you also have, um, you can't see the, um, the, the snake, uh, unless you're Slytherin. So there's a whole bunch of things. The Chamber of Secrets, sorry. Unless you're Slytherin, you cannot get towards that. And unless you're Hufflepuff, you cannot get to that. And also, um, for PlayStation players, one of the best missions is only available to PlayStation. Of course it is. Yeah. Well, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Because yeah. it's actually very good, the mission. And I don't want to give it away. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's only available to PlayStation. That is That actually kind of makes me kind of sad for xbox fans but that's okay we i mean yes i guess we're kind of used to that in xboxville but i'm glad at least you were able to talk about it because like i said we haven't really had because sean and i haven't been playing it so it was cool to have you know someone else come on the show and talk about it so there you go there's your hogwarts legacy fix as for me um i actually talked about this on last week's show and this is going to continue at least for another couple weeks um unfortunately all the games that i'm going to probably be playing that are brand new over the next couple weeks are not on Xbox. So like the at rhythm final bar line is a game that I think should have been on Xbox because we did get a lot of square Enix titles on Xbox last year, but for whatever reason, none of them are coming to Xbox this year 
for whatever reason or another. Square um, Enix games not coming to Xbox? That never happens. Yeah, but last year we got all, almost all of them. Like we got Diofold Chronicle and we got Star Ocean. But for whatever reason, we didn't get, you know, the rhythm final bar line, which is, you know, like crack cocaine for me, Court, where I can't put this game down. I played it for 30 hours in a week. Ryan, as someone that knows that you're getting a box in the mail today. Yeah. I don't think you're playing anything but that for a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could, I mean, it could be a, but yeah, so there's that, there's a, there's a certain headset on its way to me that I'm going to be playing a lot of too. And then Octopath Traveler 2 comes out tomorrow, which again, the first one was on Xbox, but for some reason the sequel's not on Xbox and it, it drives me bonkers, Court. But, because I'm going to be playing it. But yeah, but didn't they say that, that one isn't coming to Xbox? I thought we saw that in a showcase. They said somewhere. it's not coming to Xbox. Oh, okay. Even though we got the first one on Xbox. That doesn't even make any sense. No, I, I know because the the first one didn't come to PlayStation, but the second one is. So it's just like it again. It just it hurts my brain just thinking about it. So um, unfortunately, not all quite on the Xbox front for me personally, at least. Probably until Wulong comes out in two weeks because that's a. Are game you gonna I, try Atomic Heart? No, yeah, I, that probably. was already a game I wasn't really interested in, anyways. And then the reviews just made me just less it, interested in it it seems like a game that once i'm done with the whole vr thing and i've i've got my my fill in this i'll probably go try it out and i've said this before i'll say this again that's the beauty of game pass i don't need to be in the zeitgeist and be playing the game as everybody else is playing it i can just hop in whenever i want and know it's going to be there yeah exactly um and yeah it's one of those things too where i know it'll be on game pass so I've, i can play it at some point but uh, just like Kevin in the chat, he feels my pain too because he's like he's vis- busy with JRPGs and platformers, and that's you, literally my life right now. So you JRPG guys, you love it. you just. I feel like you guys are spoiled in the last two years. I feel like there's just like ten JRPGs a month. Last last two years, like literally the last two months have been ridiculous for for JRPG fans, and it's it's not getting any easier because there's even more stuff coming up next month. So, uh, but I did finish a game as well this week, Court. Because I did play a game on PC, and of course, we talked. Sean and I dis- dis- decreed that the Xbox Drive would be the temporary PC podcast until we have a PC podcast. So, uh, Returnal, uh, we got a code from our friends over at PlayStation Canada. Huge shout out to them for for sending that over. Uh, I played and finished Returnal on PC this week as well because that game's not very long. I played that as well. It wasn't for me, but I would love to know because this is your first game on a hu- on your gaming PC. So, how was it? So, first off. Returnal, I have, I have mixed thoughts on the game itself, um, but I also did a review back in the day that it gives my full thoughts about it. So you can actually go back and, and watch that on the channel. Um, but I, on PC, it was really fun um, hooking up my PlayStation 5 controller and how ha- using all the DualSense features because it, it brings all of that stuff over. Uh, although it does the funny thing where it routes all my computer's audio through the speaker on the PlayStation yes. controller, which is it wouldn't bizarre. it wouldn't turn off. That was very annoying. Yeah, um, I managed to, to to fix it so it didn't route all the audio through it, but it was still still kind of annoying, anyways. But uh, it was really How'd you fun. get around that, by the way. Oh, so I just changed my default speaker setup in on the Windows side to be my headphones. And then um, in the game itself, you can't turn off the speaker itself, but you can mute it. So, yeah. Yeah. But and then and then when you mute it in game, it then plays the audio that would normally play through the speaker through your headphones. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Yeah. Um, that's how you have to do it. You have to unfortunately use the volume slider. There's no like on off toggle for it, which is. You know, it's silly. Um, my computer itself, though, you know, it's a pretty beefy PC, but I could only really run the game um, at a really good frame rate at, you know, on medium settings. 
mainly because I'm kind of bottlenecked on RAM at the moment because it requires 32 gigs to go above medium settings. Um, in fact, it recommended I play the game on low settings because of my RAM anyways. But I'm like, play, even playing it on high, it still runs at 45 to 60 frames per second. But this is the type of game where you at least want locked 60, if not higher frame rates for it, um, especially with, you know, the amount of dodging you have to do and how fast paced the combat is. And, and you know, as you know, Court, you know, death is imminent if you get hit too many times. So you got to yeah, be good at that, dodging. That, that was the uh, the crux that just I just couldn't. I I I respect the game for being beautiful as a fan of Resogun. Um, they done a phenomenal job with this game. Even when the enemies first shoot at you, I felt like I was watching Res- the, sc- the side scrolling of Resogun. Yeah. I thought the world was awesome. I actually liked the story. So in fact, I went on YouTube and watched all the cutscenes together so I could actually get a picture of the story. And I was I very happy with it. I wish it wasn't a roguelike. Those are just not games for me. I really tried. I played about four hours on PC, and then I played about another two hours on my PlayStation 5 just to try and get a comparison of the two. Yeah. Um, I felt the game was pretty much the same. I, I find it hilarious that you're you're saying this is the PC thing when considering all the PC games we're playing are PlayStation games because the next one will be The Last of Us. Yeah. You know we're playing that. That's true. We actually probably will be playing that. But but um, especially because I didn't even play the PlayStation 5 version of that. But but yeah, so because I was played the game on medium settings, it was basically the same experience I had on PlayStation 5, where it didn't really look prettier. It looked it looked about the same as it did on PlayStation 5, especially when doing comparisons, because I have some footage on my computer saved because I am putting a, l- a little short together this week about it, um, just to compare the two together. And they look pretty, mu- pretty much identical. I definitely think if you play the game on ultra settings, you're going to notice it looking a little bit better than the PlayStation 5 version. Um, but for the most part, you know, you get like on medium settings, I'm getting kind of a very comparable um, comparison, but at a fr- higher frame rate because it was nice to play the game at a hundred frames per second at you know the medium settings because my because my other CPU components are very high like it barely it barely taxed my my processor or anything like that like or even my video card it was really just the RAM that it kind of got bottlenecked on so um, I did enjoy my time with it but I'm like you Court I also don't really like roguelikes either um, and that's kind of where I have kind of mixed impressions of the game itself but overall. It was cool to actually play like a big game on my PC because I haven't really had a chance to do that yet. For the most part, uh, most of the games I've been playing on PC have been, you know, StarCraft or Final Fantasy 14, like older games. Um, so it was cool to play like a brand new game on my PC and definitely have that experience for the first time in a very long time because I really had not had that before with, you know, having older PCs that weren't even really that great anyways. So there you go. Anyways. Let's slam the brakes on this conversation, Court, because it is time for some b- 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 breaking news. We got one really big news story this week, but before we get to that, I want to talk about Game Pass games because I want to get just get this out of the way. Let's talk about the games that are coming to Game Pass and what's leaving Game Pass um, for the rest of February and early March. So starting off today, of course, Atomic Heart is out right now. If you want to go play it, you can go play it on Game Pass. And then on February 28th, at the end of the month, we are getting Merge and Blade, but also JRPG fans will be happy to note that Soul Hackers 2 is coming to Game Pass on February 28th. Of course, Court, you know, the biggest JRPG fan in the whole wide world. Very huge, excited for Soul Hackers Huge, too. huge JRPG fan. Yeah. You've been waiting. You've been you've been yeah. anticipating. You've been like, all right, I'm waiting. I, I got Drellish like literally DMing me to play JRPG games. And I'm just like, this is I'm like, Matt tries every episode of the PlayStation Drive. He's like, hey, try out this game, try out that game. And I always come back and go, so I don't like it. This but you know what? I'm trying it. I'll try it. Yeah, you'll try anything. You'll try anything. If it's on Game Pass Court, you told me you'll 100%. try anything. 100%. What's the difference? Yeah. 
And then on March 2nd, we're getting F1 22, which again, I don't think either of us are going to play. And then March 3rd, Wulong Fallen Dynasty, of course, the new game from Team Ninja uh, comes out on March 3rd. That's day and date. And I can't wait for that game. I'm actually going to try that, even though that is definitely not a court game. Yeah, but I'm going to try it because it's on Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be hard. So I know I tried Star Wars on the Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. um, on hard difficulty and I got destroyed. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm not good so, at games like I love playing them. I'm just not good at it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I'm good at certain types of games. There are games where I, that I'm like I fall flat on my face on. Um, but a games like this, like Neo and Neo two, which, uh, team Ninja did before this, uh, I love those games and they're brutally difficult, but I managed to get through them. So, uh, I'm excited for Wulong. I think that's going to be awesome, but the following games are leaving on February 28th. And unfortunately I'm, it's sad to report that I think this list is actually better than the games that are coming. So the games that are leaving alien isolation, crown trick, dragon ball fighters, far changing tides, lightning returns, final fantasy 13, Madden NFL 21 and then Octopath Traveler just in time for the sequel to come out to Octopath Traveler, which isn't coming to Xbox. It wasn't on Game Pass very long. It was on Game Pass for like almost two years. Man, it's it was that a, long, eh? Yeah, because it came out. It came to Xbox in 2020, and then it came day and date to Game Pass this, when it when it came to Xbox. Okay, all right. I just felt I felt I thought it was something they announced at the showcase, but obviously I'm wrong. Nope. But I will say this: coming soon to Game Pass. At the, it will be MLB The Show, which is awesome to me because it is a PlayStation first-party game that is day and date on Game Pass. Yeah, that's true. Although I, I still am holding out hope that they actually will probably add it to PlayStation Plus Premium or Extra. I don't they think they will. I don't think they will. Like, they make that game sells a ton, a ton, because it's the only baseball game. It's true. I mean, you're not wrong. But either way... Game Pass games are leaving. Make sure to grab those now or play them now. Uh, forever hold your peace. Um, I know a lot of these go on sale all the time, but Alien Isolation, for example, one of my favorite games of the last generation. Um, so it's sad to actually see that one leave Game Pass. There needs to be a VR version. Absolutely. Uh, and then Dragon Ball Fighters, fantastic fighting game, if you like fighting games. And then, of course, Octopath Traveler 2, one of the best JRPGs on Xbox. So make sure to check those out. All right, Court, we got to get to this big story because this will probably be kind of the the topic of the show this week. Um, As part of Microsoft's ongoing saga with Activision, Microsoft President Brad Smith announced two key written agreements, both with Microsoft and and NVIDIA. These agreements will see Xbox games come to both GeForce Now and Nintendo platforms, including Activision games. And they were awarded kind of weirdly. Which is why, like, we kind of made it. I kind of made the thumbnail, you know, Xbox on on Switch question mark. Um, because in theory, you know, this quote doesn't seem to be just Activision games, but that's court. what I got from it. It says Xbox games. Yeah, that's true. Like that, I right from that quote, I felt like Xbox made it. Xbox has done a lot of marketing with. Nintendo. They had that commercial way back in the day. What was it for Fortnite? What game was it? Was it Fortnite when they had the crossplay? Oh, I think it was Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. So they have had a partnership, and I think, and I think it's a smart one. I think we're gonna get Game Pass on Nintendo. Like I really think that is the future. But I also think this deal tells all those Nintendo fans out there there is a new console coming. I don't know how I can I can definitely see how you could play the Xbox 360 versions and so on and so forth of Call of Duty. 
I don't know how you're playing any of these new Call of Duties on Switch. Well, like, I don't know how. Court. They'll be yeah, cloud versions. Yeah, but we all know, like, I've heard from people that play cloud versions of these Switch games, and it's brutal. So, yeah. but I think this is great. Like, I am a person that plays on all consoles. I really would would love a world where Game Pass is on everything. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, someone buying this and all that. I, I don't care. I don't care who buys who, but I just wish that games could be played everywhere. I, I understand console exclusives are a thing, but I wish they weren't. I really wish they weren't. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin Ainsworth brings up a good point in the chat, and this is something I saw as well. Um, that I was going to bring up later in the discussion, but Kevin just reminds me, so I'm just going to just talk about this now. So he mentions that Tom Warren reached out to Brad Smith about the warding, and Brad Smith, of course, president of Microsoft, um, responded by saying, it's not about Xbox games in general. The Nintendo agreement is focused on Call of Duty, and it builds on the agreements that we had in place with Nintendo for other games. At the same time, Court, despite the fact that, and this is one of the the reasons I wanted to bring this up, because... Even though he, you know, Brad Smith said this, I don't know if I believe that's the case, 100%. I actually still think there's a possibility we see other Xbox games on Nintendo. Like Bethesda games, not. maybe? Like not, not your... Maybe, not your, but I not still your, think, Not your Halo, not your Gears, I but... Think, I think it's possible with the next Nintendo Switch, we might see Master Chief Collection on Switch. Like I said, if the console's powerful enough to run it, they might, they might make that a native port for... The next Nintendo it, it'll make you money. Like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. But once again, what do I know? What do us gamers like, you know, there's those console wars over there and people love doing that kind of stuff. But I just saw this as good. I also saw this as and the other deal, the NVIDIA deal mm-hmm. as something to finally be like, OK, the they were having issues with the. Um, cloud aspect of it and saying that they were monopolizing and so on and so forth. Well, now they've got a deal that is all on NVIDIA. And mm-hmm. now they're also saying, hey, we're now bringing the game to somewhere where it wasn't and yeah. other games to somewhere where it wasn't. So how are we taking things away? And I, I do look at what Jim Ryan has been doing. I get it. From a business standpoint, he's got to try and fight for this one because if the the stats are correct, you know, a 70-30 split, that's huge, right? Like PlayStation's got a very big stranglehold. But as someone that doesn't play Call of Duty, I just, I don't get it. Like, I I just don't care. But at the same time, I would think, I know money talks, but Xbox has got more than Sony and this is just facts. I would think that they have tarnished their relationship with Activision Blizzard, Sony has yeah. moving forward, regardless of this deal goes through. Well, yeah, I imagine at the end of the Call of Duty deal with Activision, if Activision doesn't get bought by Microsoft, they're not going to renew that with, you know, with with Sony. They might go to Microsoft and be like, "Hey, can we work out this deal with you instead and give you kind of the same thing?" And they could be they could be petty and be like, "You give us this amount of money, and we'll let you have exclusive." Like you can have it, you yeah. can have this and no one can do anything about it. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, you could look at it the other way though. And, and if it, if they, if it doesn't go through, then Activision might, you know, go the other, the, the other direction and then be like, all right, Sony, you can just have this kind of thing. I, hey, anything's possible because money talks for yeah, sure. Exactly. But, you know, the, first of all, I think the GeForce Now thing is kind of getting, you know, mulled over at least a little bit here. But I actually because th- because they in their their statement with GeForce Now, that sounds like it's 
all Xbox games on PC will be on GeForce Now, which is what which is the most popular streaming service out there. So for the for and there's like there's actually a pretty big user base for GeForce Now. So it actually sounds like that's that means Starfield. That's huge. Yeah, exactly. like Starfield is no longer you know Xbox exclusive if it's on Nvidia. That's true. I mean. That that is mostly just you know PCs or other devices that you know stream with GeForce now, but for the most part, you're right. It's still kind of on PC at this point. So I do think that's actually a really interesting move. Um, and you're, to your point, Court, it really just shows to, goes to show you know the CMA or other outlet like companies out there like hey you know Xbox is willing to bring these ga- like continue to bring Call of Duty to other things, and it, they're not going to just lock it behind these walls. Uh, like just behind the Xbox walls at that point. I mean, they can't, you know, promise the game will come forever because that's just unrealistic. That does, that's not how that works. Because then if they were to promise that, then they would be locked into making Call of Duty forever. When, you Correct. know, what we know about franchises, that doesn't, you know, that that's, you know, that's stupid to lock yourself into something like that. Because what if Call of Duty f- flops, then like you're, you're, you're stuck with a written agreement to continue to make it, even though, you know, the game doesn't make you the kind of money that it used to anymore. So, Yeah. It's an interesting, this is pretty interesting that it came out, you know, right before uh, Microsoft's big, you know, showing in front of the the CMA in Europe uh, and the European Union. Um, so, yeah. Timing I mean, is everything, and I don't think it was a coincidence. No, obviously not. You know, the fact that it was announced the morning of, you know, really interesting. So, Court, I have to ask you, because I know Sean was, you know, having a, a gaffe with us last night on the Nintendo Drive. Um, did you see the pie charts? What do you think about the pie charts that they showed off? <laughs> I, I I heard about the pie charts and um, I heard the math doesn't make any sense. That's yeah. that's what a lot of people are looking at. They're like, they get, once again, I've, in this whole conversation that continues to happen, I will say this. Sony sounds petty and says things that I'm just sometimes just like, I don't get it. But then Microsoft says things and always tries to play the we suck card and I don't get it. I don't get that either. They mm. always try to come off like they're the this little thing when they're not. So I'm I'm very confused because you look at console sales. I'm like, okay, like your math doesn't make sense. How are you selling this many consoles compared to them selling this many consoles? Yet you have no market share. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like one of the pie charts was, you know, the European breakdown of, you know, PlayStation versus Xbox, and it was like 80-20 in favor of PlayStation. And I'm like, really? Is that a, that's actually that, how that works? <laughs> they, just like they showed Japan, it was like ninety six percent to four percent for PlayStation. Well, that I can believe. That's very believable. Believe, yeah, actually, <laughs> I, that is one hundred percent believable. And yeah. I also believe that I think the number is more in the lines of that seventy thirty split of yeah. PlayStation's market share worldwide to Xboxes. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I think it is that big, but that's because they have you know ninety percent of Japan, and that's a huge market. Yeah. Um, and to Kevin's question in the chat, why isn't Nintendo on those pie charts at all? Is because the European Union, uh, b- both them and the CMA, both said that Nintendo doesn't exist in the video game sphere. So, which doesn't even make any sense. They're no. <laughs> literally the number one selling. I, oh my god, it hurts my brain when they do that. They act like Nintendo's this, this, this not this thing that is literally a juggernaut. Like I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's just it's very silly because yeah, their their arguments are oh well, Nintendo you know markets to children, so they're in the entertainment sector and not the video game sector. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. They've literally been the number one video game maker for thirty five years. I know it hurts my brain, but it's but that's why they left them off the pie charts and <laughs> to answer Kevin's question because yeah, it's very silly because they, they just have to take number take, take number one off it, and then you'd be like, hey, Xbox, you're number two. Yeah. 
Exactly. Actually, I would think Xbox is still number three because Steam. Yeah, you're not wrong. Steam's definitely up there. Or Epic Game Store is even probably bigger than Xbox. Yeah, like that's, it's just, but they'll probably be like, that doesn't count. That's PC. Well, so they're just like, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much just Xbox versus PlayStation. I'm like, okay, well, if it's that, then still PlayStation destroys Xbox. It's just, it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a if whole the thing. Xbox one didn't exist and they didn't do what they did, I think the numbers would be a lot closer. Yeah, probably. But we'll see anyways. So yeah, so that's, that's what's going on with Microsoft. It's really interesting to, to see how this is going to pan out in the future. Cause like I said, um, I think that's like, I think the tides are turning with Nintendo's next console as far as maybe Xbox games it, on it's it. It's not a console, Ryan. They don't they don't make consoles. They don't make video games either. They just make movies. That's true. You're not yeah. wrong. The Super Mario Brothers movie, that's that's the only thing Nintendo's got coming out. But, yeah. But, so, yeah. but to be serious for a second, Court, I actually think that with the next Nintendo console, I think you actually probably will see Xbox games on it. Whether it's Master Chief so. Collection, Gears Collection, you know, Rare Replay. Like, I, I actually think we're going to see more xbox stuff on there despite despite what brad smith actually said in his clarifying arguments i think i think we're actually going to see more of that plus uh, it just also you know continues to indicate that activision and blizzard games will still be there besides call of duty so it sounds like when diablo 4 you know might you know get a switch port you know it sounds like um like whenever the next crash game comes out like that'll be on switch still things like that so i do think that all is going to fit on there as well. i believe phil spencer when he says he wants xbox games everywhere I truly, truly believe him. That's that's what I believe out of him because he is I, – I wouldn't say he's one of – what like a gamer. He's a gamer, but like he's a gamer with a lot more money and a lot more power. There's, there's a difference. He's like, you know, different echelon. But I believe him when he says that. Now, whether Brad Smith wants to do that and the rest of the people that, you know, look at the dollars and senses of everything. But I believe him when his vision is he wants Xbox everywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. So there you go. That's all that. And again, we usually don't talk about the Activision Blizzard deal on this show. It's well, Sean taboo. doesn't like to, but he's not here. So there you go. Well, no, I, I, Sean and I both, you know, echo that I know statement. neither one of you do. So this is one of those things where, you know, when something like this comes up, we usually talk about it. Because, and I knew we talked about it last week on the show, but we knew that something was probably going to come up with, you know, the court appearance in person this week. So and we'll uh, go more in depth on this this Friday on Carpool Weekly. There you go. Look out for that. That's a that's a new show, by the way, with Court and Seth. For those who are just listening, don't check out the podcast. You should go check it out. It's a good new show. But anyways, let's let some of our friends into the car with us. It is time for the carpool. And we only got one question this week. And of course, this wow. one is in Court Lalonde's wheelhouse. Nice. I can't wait for this. This one comes to us from Naga Chaka. Ah, that's who, my boy. Who asked the question, after completing the first palace in Persona 5 Royal. Oh, for God's sake. Now that it's on Game Pass, my character can now gain skills to romance people. Who is the best character to romance in Persona 5 and why is it on Tamaki? So, Court. The cat. Whatever the cat is. The cat is. <laughs> but but it's Morgana. And I mean, no, it's a cat. You don't want to romance I don't a cat. know, man. Like, I, I'll give you my history of playing Persona 5. Um, on another show I do called Three Dads in a Console, my co-host Waba is obsessed with this game. Obsessed. And then I met Ryan, who is obsessed. So we were at Xbox Showcase, and they made the announcement, and Ryan went through the roof. And I promised Ryan that day, I was like, you know what? I have Persona 5 on PlayStation because it was part of the, the PlayStation Plus collection. I'm like, I will give it a try. Mm-hmm. I played three hours of it. Mm-hmm. I will never play that game ever again. It's just, I don't know, man. Like it was just, it took so long even to get out of like downtown. Like it's just, it, oh my God, that game. 
I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. You got to learn to read the Japanese signs for the subway, though, Gork, because that's how you figure out where you're supposed to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I got to do. Oh, man. Yeah. I knew that. I knew this. Yeah. I just, I laugh because I, when I mentioned that you were on the show this week, the one question we got was about Persona 5 Royal Court. That makes so, sense. Makes sense. Well, as for me, of course, because I have to answer this question from Nagachaka since he was so, so kind to send it over. Um, I actually think uh, An's okay, but she's definitely not the best person to romance. I mean, Nagachaka thinks so because she's the, the one girl that you meet at the very beginning of the game. But uh, I will say that Haru. Is definitely the best girl to romance later in the game. You know, she's she's into gardening. You know, she wears a cool like hat with like a feather in it. I mean, what's not to like? She wields a giant battle axe. I mean, what's not to like there, Court? What's not to like there? But a lot of, of things, th- honestly. Yeah, lots of lots of good lots of good romance. Hey, not that there's romance. anything wrong. Like I, I, if this many people love this game, it's obviously a good game. Like I yeah. didn't see problems with the gameplay. It was just I wasn't interested in playing it. Yeah, I think no. that's the better way. Like I will, I, I very, very rarely am I going to say a game sucks or a game is bad because there's always like Pentiment is a perfect example. You and I were both reviewing it at the same time mm-hmm. and I bowed out and was like, I don't think I should be reviewing this anymore because I just don't like it at all, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I also like Disco Elysium. So it was weird where I don't like this and I like that. It's, uh, it's different. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, again, we we like different games, Court, and that's totally fine. Like that because I likewise will never say a, a you know a game that I know is a quality game sucks, despite the fact that I personally don't like it. Yeah, let's like Elden Ring. I can never say that the game sucks because it obviously doesn't. But am I ever going to play it? No. I can't wait for Courtland Lawn streams Elden Ring coming soon to to Carpool Gaming live near, near you. That could be that could be a uh, a stream. That could be a goal. We can have I, a goal. I I'll feel like that Elden needs Ring. to be an extra life goal, Court. We there need you to go. we need to do an extra life goal where Court plays Elden Ring on stream for at least an hour. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that'd be so good. Anyways, I think that's going to do it for this week's show because again, it's kind of a slow news week. In the world of Xbox, I gotta it, say. It's actually a slow we- news week in the world of anything because you, even though you got the PlayStation VR coming out, as someone that just put together, um, you know, behind the scenes here, Seth and I, I have to put together the uh, the agenda for Carpool Weekly. We actually record on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, because PlayStation put out the VR and we've got the state of play tomorrow, I was surprised besides the Pokemon thing, which another thing. Poke, whatever. And yeah. then you had the court case. It was like there was really nothing else out there, except I will mention this. Um, Bungie won their court case against the cheaters. Right. I did so see that. So they won. They, which is, I honestly applaud stuff like this because there is, we always see this when we see like, you know, people getting caught cheating. I even had a friend, he was like showing me this thing on a conference call. And I'm like, what is this? He's like, well, you don't use this playing Call of Duty. You can use it, hook it up to your. PlayStation and you get an aim aim assist. And I was like, why? And I honestly am glad that Destiny was like, no, we're not going to stand for this anymore. And they sued the company that made it and they won. Yeah. Which is great. That's good. Like that's just good for the industry. Just in general. hundred yeah, like percent. Get rid of that. Gar- that's just garbage. These aim assists. I hate going in and playing a, a online multiplayer, even like Halo for that yeah. matter. And then you're just getting sniped every two seconds. You know, it's, it's not because I, I know I'm not that good. But I'm not that bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, as someone who used to play a lot of competitive StarCraft, I mean, a lot of things you'd run into were, you know, people um, using add-ons to remove the fog of war from the map so they could see what your 
like see where your base is and see everything you're building. Um, so you could definitely tell it was very like that was something that was rapid online for a long time. And that was very, very annoying as someone who used to play competitively. But anyways, Court, thank you so much for filling in for Sean Capri this week. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, hanging Always. out with me. Talking Xbox. I like doing all these shows. I still have to do the Nintendo Drive. That's like, and maybe one day I will do the RPG cave. Oh if we God. do, what could we, could, would Jedi uh, Survivor be considered an RPG? No. Darn it. It's, it's close. It's close for me, right? Yeah, it's close. You know, when, maybe when Fable comes out, but I don't even know if you're into Ooh, Fable. I really like Fable. Then, that was one of the, the that was one of my episode. favorite games on Xbox 360. Then oh, we should do a you and I should just do a just a Fable episode. Just Dude, I love that game. Like I've played every version of it. It was the very first thing when I got my Xbox Series X, I replayed them. There you go. I think you know, we'll lock it in, Court. We'll talk about it off the air. We'll, we we should, right. should do it. We should do it. Kingdoms of Amalur, one of my favorite games of all time. That's an RPG too. Just very saying. good game. Witcher uh, 3. I, I like some RPGs. I just it's just when you put that J in front of it, it just That's true. It. Like we just gotta start talking about Kingdom Hearts with Court and he's just like, all right, I'm out of here. Well, no. <laughs> that is the one JRPG that I've played and finished, except I only played the new one because I wanted to play the Frozen World with my daughter and she loved it. Okay. Fair enough. Well, people yeah. where can people find you on the internet, Court? Uh if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Court Lawn on Twitter or you can find me at Carpool Gaming. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter. At Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, like Cork said, and also on YouTube at youtube.com slash carpool gaming and on podcast services around the globe. So for Court Lalon, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 279 of the Xbox Drive, only 21 more episodes until episode 300, and we're out. Bye. The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. Please subscribe to Robbie Bobby Miller's Twitch channel over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. Trucker Sloth, Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. Please subscribe to them over at youtube.com slash quests for pixels. Jonathan Brown, the new album from PME is called Video Game Boy. It's available now on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Links are in the show notes. Please make sure to support these ultimate producers. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern. And our gold members, Anna, Bowza, Cecily Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you're interested in joining on up, head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.